Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Are you ready for season three of Discography? We're jumping into the deep end of The Who. Not only will we go through every Studio Who album in great detail, but their story is often told between albums, so we'll be touching on non-album singles, the solo works of Keith Moon, John Entwistle, Roger Daltrey, and Pete Townsend, and some of the events that would make a record begin as a concept and land as something that would universally change the world. Discography returns to Consequence Podcast Network in January of 2019. Until then, be lucky. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound at the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, do me a favor and uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe button before we get started here because I put out interviews uh, multiple times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over at Consequence of Sound and would love to keep you uh, up to date on all of those. Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest is Matthew Logan Vasquez, my old friend Matthew Logan Vasquez. He of also Delta Spirit fame. He's got a new solo record called Lighten Up, and it is a very powerful also a very dark record and we're going to get into exactly why it's a dark record and it has to do with jumping back and forth between texas and uh, and oslo norway where his uh, his wife is from which not only deals with the music side of things but also the political side of things and i should point out the day we tape this is the day that uh, michael cohen uh, trump's uh, ex-lawyer uh, was doing his testimony so that's actually where the interview starts uh, we just kind of roll right into that one because it seems well like that was on the top of everybody's mind that day but as it happens, that's all completely relevant to what Matthew is is writing about in this record. 
and I will let him talk all about that. By the way, we also get a little bit of updates on Delta Spirit. If you've been curious if there's ever going to be another Delta Spirit record, we do address that towards the end. It's Kyle Meredith with Matthew Logan Vasquez. Hello. How you doing? Wait, I'm fantastic, man. I'm driving through Laguna Beach, bro. Beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, it's, it yeah. probably is compared to the middle of Kentucky right now, which is yeah not known for its beauty this time of year. Yeah, well, there's a there's a whole lot of Republicans here too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen any of the news yet today, but I'm I'm sort of dying to to see what's going on with uh, the whole Cohen thing. So. I've uh, I popped in and out of it today, and it's just like he's not saying uh, he's saying Trump, not uh, the, whatever the the name who shall not be named. Right. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy, you know. Everybody interviewing him or, or questioning him has a very clear political agenda, and that's just boring. Mm-hmm. And we're all just so used to it because everybody's so jaded. But he broke some laws. He also didn't think he's going to get elected, so he would have never got prosecuted for this if uh, things went the way he planned. I'm sure. But uh, interesting. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, yeah. But but, but he broke the law. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I I I, I still don't. I, I just feel like nothing will happen. Like nothing's going to happen. You know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. We we're having uh, we we're having this conversation uh, with uh, some of my friends. We're all uh, in town together. Happened to be with us. It's really funny. I was like having breakfast with Will and John from Delta Spirit and Sean, also the original Delta Spirit guitar player. Mm-hmm. And we're all just sitting around. Uh, we we're sitting around having this conversation and talking about our opinion about it. And then uh, at the same time, our like. Just like five minutes after that, I hear the conversation of these construction workers having the same conversation. Just couldn't be from different planets. <laughs> right. Couldn't, couldn't be from further. Like like just some odd orbiting planet, you know, like uh, Pluto, you know, a minor planet. Like just so, so different opinion. It's just like, well, I, how did they get to question? I thought she wasn't even elected anymore. Like this, like some crazy stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people just don't care that he broke the law right just like just and it's and it's the same stuff man it's the same like clinton tactic where it's like you know if you make it as partisan as you can uh-huh. people will just talk past each other and nothing will actually happen and uh i mean it's a great tactic it's a good lawyer tactic unfortunately uh, for us but, as they say as and i hate to quote him but it's like i i really believe he could walk out the fifth avenue and shoot somebody at this point and they're like, well, yeah. you know, it's whatever. I don't think he could do that, <laughs> but I definitely think I definitely think he can do all sorts of unethical mm-hmm. white collar stuff. I mean, he's been getting away with that kind of thing for decades, and it's right. like he realized a long time ago that it's easier to get sued and settle than it is to pay your bills, <laughs> and that's a great life lesson. I'm going to teach my son <laughs> that uh, you know bankruptcy's great. Reorganize your debt. Don't really pay it off. It's fucked That's up. Some terrible stuff. It's super fucked up. Super. <laughs> but yeah. I just want you know, I'm I'm legitimately bummed that Hillary didn't win because I believe in the mafia. And it's just picking which mafia right. you want to bet on. Right. You know, uh-huh. and uh, I'm I'm you know, all t- if there's a if there's a you know, political revolution or revival that could take place that would change the change the face of uh, the way that we uh, communicate with our government and that we're represented. I mean, I'm all for it, but I don't see that happening. I just I just would like to see reasonable drug prices like 
logical gun reform. Right. Just the easy know? stuff, the, the, the humanistic yeah. stuff. That's what I would call it. Just yeah. being a basic, decent human stuff. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes, I will admit this, sometimes when Republicans actually do something common sense, like bump stocks, uh-huh. those should not exist. And the NRA is like, what? Uh, but they did it. And there you go. So Can't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the people that are like defending the thing have to be the ones to actually get it done. It just, you know, it's, it's always too little, too late, and not far enough. And that's the price you pay when you have a 200-year-old, 200-plus-year-old democracy. And, uh, I mean, I live, in, I live in a social democratic or socialist democracy. Uh, and also, and it's like, you know, younger and alter Europe, it's just like younger democracies tend to represent its citizens, their citizens a bit better. And it's only because they're younger because they, they haven't figured out, you know, they didn't have a railroad that they had to build. Or, the, or this thing called manifest destiny. You know, just different eras of coming of age. So, you know, we got we got some work to do, yeah. for sure. You mentioned, you know, Norway being, you know, it's it's quite a different government up there. And I know that ties into this record, uh, Lighten Up, in a different way. But I was kind of curious about that, you know, the, the, those contrasts of, of life in Norway in 2019 versus, you know, life in, in, in Texas in 2019 or anywhere in the U.S. I mean, it really could yeah. just pick a spot in there. Because, I mean, you know, I, I think we can paint uh, other parts of the world in what possibly might be a romantic vision. But is that the case when we're talking about someplace like Oslo? I think so. Uh, I should make it pretty clear that I am a centrist, man. I am like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't believe in uh, I believe in personal responsibility ultimately. And I think but I but I believe that government should police the aristocracy because if it doesn't you know they're just gonna enrich themselves and i don't i don't believe that uh it's like the richest few should enrich themselves through the government i I think that's completely unethical but i will say this like so you have met it you have like free health care for all and it's incredible like uh prescription drugs are reasonably priced you're not at risk of going completely bankrupt you know if something horrible happens your family right but you you know you're taxed you're taxed about where you would be taxed in a in a if you lived in a city like new york where you have city tax you have state tax you have all this stuff with texas which is last place in healthcare, mind you in the in the united states yeah it's insane you know most more women die giving birth in in texas than any other state and uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that but it's it's definitely something worth bringing up when you when i'm talking about this but you know medical costs I can have an insurance plan through Obamacare, which most people hate. I can have like a, oh, crap insurance, and that will cover me if I get in a crazy car accident or something happens. And so long as I save my money and put it away and always – and once I save that emergency fund, however much it is, I can use that how I want. Or the government could just take it, and then they could tell you how to spend it. And I get that. You know, I like the personal responsibility of like, I don't have a state tax. I don't pay, you know, I, I pay way less tax for living in Texas, taxes, living in Texas than what you pay in Norway. Mm-hmm. But uh, businesses like, uh, was it TicketWeb or Eventbrite, uh, people that have offices in, in Austin are getting the tip that it's like, hey, maternity leave is important. And in Norway, they put a government subsidy and make men... It's like a use it or lose it kind of thing where you can 
if you have a baby, you need to take three months off, man, and spend that with your kid and get to know your kid instead of having to go to work the next week. And that makes sense. I don't have that problem because I work for myself and I'm pretty much freewheeling being a musician. But uh, people that work, you know, the normal grind, I think that is uh, is a really cool thing. And they also have, like, paid vacation. And both of those things are subsidized by the government. So a small business can afford to give its employees those kind of benefits. Whereas if you're a small business in the U.S., giving those benefits is really like you have to have a pretty large company to be able to be competitive to bring talent in. And that's tough when you're trying to be a small business and compete in whatever field you're in, right? right. So, you know, it's a blend of those things. I think, though, like startup companies, it's a lot easier to be an entrepreneur because of that also, though, right? I mean, if you have a small thing and you're paying only private contractors and you are the business in whatever you're doing, that makes sense. So, so what about as a musician then? I mean, to, to, to survive as an independent musician. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, I lucked out because I was in a band for 10 years. I toured my hump up, and then, you know, a certain amount of my fan base has come along for the ride. And I'm really blessed to have people that are, that are great patrons of, of my music that, that uh, continue to buy my records and continue to come out to shows. I mean, if they didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to, like, sustain what I do. Ultimately, I have to be on tour all the time, but uh, that's why I got into this business. I love traveling. I love uh, I love feeling like uh, Louisville's my in my backyard of places I go at least every other year. Yeah, and Chicago, and it's great. I can land in any city in America or in the Western world and kind of know where I am, or go to a bar I like, or eat some food I like, and I love all that stuff, you know. But I'm in I'm in the rare rare fortunate few that get to do what they love for a living. And I, and I work my butt off to make sure that I can continue to do that and also provide for my family. Well, you know, uh, that, that does uh, uh, line up with this record, then uh, lighten up, which I haven't said how much I love this record yet. And, and let me take that moment to compliment you on this because you know, I'm, I'm a fan, you know, I'm a fan and, and, but you know, just being a fan doesn't guarantee that you're going to like everything. And I just, I love this record, you know, and I really, Thanks really do. Um, yeah. you, you've, you've written, you've always sort of written about, you know, what's going on in your life and, and whether it be a struggle or, or whatever, but, but is it fair to say that this in those terms is a darker record? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm an, I'm an avid optimist, but I think, uh, I'm a believer in a sad song so that you can, it's like putting a name to pain to step on it and get over it. And that's the power of sad songs. It's like why the scientist is so good, that Coldplay song. Or yesterday. It's uh you get to, you get through these times and you get you get through this stuff and, and you look at you look back at it and you and you it's like hitting rewind on your life in the hardest period and it's like how well you learn from it because you're able to do that. And I hope that uh, you know, I'm real on the nose, uh, with the last song, Osla, just kind of you know, ultimately we moved to Norway because my father-in-law uh, got Alzheimer's, and it's like so many of us in our 30s and 40s, like getting into this point where it's like, yeah, you have kids, you're in the grind, you're trying to like put yourself in a position to <laughs> freaking relax, and there's always just something that happens, you know. And, and with family and parents getting older, things things go this way, and you just gotta be, you have to step into that hurricane for the people that you love, because that's the most important thing is family all together, you know, having those uh, having those ties, and uh, you do it, you know. Yeah. That's kind of the moral of most of the record. It, it, and that song, I mean, specifically, it, you know, 
right at the beginning, I, I don't think I, I caught what was going on, but this ends up being sort of a stranger in a strange land, strange land song. Like, even though other parts of the record is you dealing with the loneliness of being away from your family, this is the moment that you are with your family, and it doesn't seem like everything is right, like it should be. Yeah, and it's and it's like uh, dealing it, like, basically, like, the record got written in a span of time where... My father-in-law, he got Alzheimer's at, like, right on the cusp of what people consider early onset. So he's 65, has it, you know. And within six months, we're realizing, or we realized the last time we visited, uh, flying in from Texas to Oslo, we realized that it's like he's, uh, you know, he's healthy, but his, his mind is not long for this world. And, and we wanted to spend that, spend the, like, uh, the next couple of years in with, within reasonable proximity to be able to, like, try to build some memories uh, with Thor, our son, and also have that with Martha. Because she, she sacrificed a lot living in, uh, living in America uh, for seven years being married to me. And, uh, you know, if she's going to spend any time while, she, while I'm away, to spend that in Texas away from her, her father who's disappearing is, is tough, you know. And, and we'll, I wanted to make sure that I gave that to her and, and put in and was a team player in that. It ultimately, it makes me sound like such a hero, but it's it's tough, and it was it was a it's been a real trial for us, and a lot harder. You know, took took all of our savings and just put it in a fire, <laughs> and it's like here we go again. And uh, we had just uh, bought a house and remodeled the house, and, and we're like, oh, this year is going to be so nice. It's going to be so 2018. It's going to be relaxing, and it was not. It was but, not. Um, and we're just back on the run again, and. And it was, uh, you know, it's tough to do that. I mean, everybody, everybody has those periods in life, uh, or if they haven't, they're about to. And I, I wanted to kind of put my put my energy into being really honest and real about that because uh, I have a very clear clear examples of going through it uh, while I'm sitting in it. Because you know, God willing, it won't always be like that. Well, you know, flip side, further down the record and everything, you, you take uh, a single like like Trailer Park, and uh, which, you know, when I watch the video and kind of read the treatment of that, you know, it seems like this is a love letter to to back to your neighborhood in, in Texas. Uh, it absolutely is. But but what I was wondering is, you know, when you when you combine that with a song like Poor Kids and a theme like Poor Kids, and the idea of what a trailer park can represent, it almost seems like there's also a bit of an economic undertones that go along with all of that. What's funny is, like, in, uh, Trailer Park is about my life in Texas, and uh, Poor Kids is actually about my life living in Southern California, where I actually am right now. It's so funny. I was just talking about this to somebody, uh, that my family kind of had it all in the sense of, like, your suburban life. You know, my dad worked for Lockheed Martin, was making making good living. My mom was a dental hygienist. And went through, we went through a really crazy, hairy bankruptcy. And my, as a kid, I grew, I lived uh, either with my mom's parents in Texas or my dad's parents in California. And ultimately, we moved to apartment, which is really close to the beach here in Orange County, a very conservative, beautiful place. But we were five people in a tiny little apartment. And my brother and I shared a room, and my parents slept in the kitchen, and my sister had a had a room. And it was very much like, I think that Dave Chappelle hit it on the nose about being like a poor kid in a rich neighborhood, and how weird that is, and how isolating that is, and the stress of just not knowing kind of what's going to happen. Uh, we always had family security. It wasn't like I was like not going to get a meal, but I grew up a lot faster just because I had a chip on my shoulder by never, ever really being able to measure up to the society that, that the Joneses were living in. And that really shaped me, you know. 
and that that fear of finances that so many of us deal with with debt and now ret- and retirement or just living your life without having to be messed with. And I thought about that and just being a kid in that and, and not wanting that for my son. And that's part of why I work my butt off on tour all the time and, and tour and write songs and plan so hard to make sure that he's getting uh, the security that I didn't necessarily have. As a, and uh, though we live in a trailer park, there is a great school district and we're walking distance from a river. <laughs> we have our own river access. It's like to say we're like living like uh, Hatfield McCoy's out in the backwoods uh, would be inaccurate. It's mostly like kind of there's some ret- some like retired people and a really good Chicano community of uh, people saving up money and, and living on the cheapest, living well on the cheap. And I think that's a, a lot different than living at the very edge of your means in the most affluent, one of the most affluent places on the planet. Yeah, and it's funny because so I my first three or four years was spent in a trailer park, and I, I have very good memories. I did not have river yeah. access, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Although there was a creek that ran under the road that I remember us playing in for, <laughs> that's my parallel there. But uh, when when you wrote about this and when you started talking about this, that's where it really connected with me because of what you said. You know, when you grow up like that, you you grow up a little bit quicker. And I thought it's interesting how uh, just economics takes the shield away from stuff you should have probably been guarded, stuff that you should probably have been exposed to. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you're a latchkey kid and both your parents are working full time just to get just just to pay rent and make sure food is on the table. And they did. I mean, they worked hard and they got it done. I mean, my dad went from working at Lockheed Martin to going to night school at Cal State Fullerton, getting an emergency credential. My dad's well educated and he became a he like became a substitute teacher on like almost a permanent basis because of how messed up the uh, school systems are here in Southern California. And he went, you know, he went from selling satellite guided uh, missiles and bombs and all sorts of top secret stuff he won't tell me about, probably flying UFOs, you know. <laughs> 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 he, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a hard worker. And it was just like, but ultimately as a kid, it's like the security is like having them around and, and having, you know, feeling that unit. And when you're completely unsupervised, especially in those, in those honeypot years of being in middle school or in the beginning of uh, high school, you know, those are the those are the years that really shape you and your friend group is such a large part of your identity and your security also. And when you are without, you definitely have a uh, certain attitude. And uh, <laughs> and when you're not being monitored as a kid and you're a walking hormone, things are going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to use that as a jump-off point uh, to, to figure out – the album opens up with a song called Ballad in My Bed, and there's a line about legs around my neck, and I'm thinking, this can only mean one thing, right? Like, this isn't a metaphor, right? A, come on. It can mean a lot of things. <laughs> it can mean plenty of stuff. Yeah, it, it sounds it's like a lovely direction. love letter, you know? It, it does. It sounds yeah. like a love letter. I'm just going to say, if you don't, you should. Uh-huh. That's, that's it. <laughs> I appreciate that one, too. It's <laughs> Yeah. It, it all comes down to back to that title, Lighten Up. And I didn't know if you were talking to yourself or everyone else. I'm talking to myself. I mean, I'm talking to anybody that relates to this record, really. You know, just kind of, you know, you focus on this stuff. You look at it. You take an account. You know, you take your you take your spiritual inventory if you're part of the program. You, you add that all in and uh, and you look at it. And it's like, yeah, all that happened. All, all of this is tough. But. It's it's not going to break you. It's going to make you. You know you gotta you gotta put all that around around you and 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 stand on it. 
put an end to the pain. I got a bunch of slogans to this stuff. I sound like Tony Robbins right now, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I it's, it's just, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like you sit with your best friend or you look yourself in the mirror. You're sitting there and you're like, there's all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, lighten up. Life is good. Like ultimately love wins in this story, in the arc of this record and this tale, whatever the heck I'm talking about. And that is the most important thing. Family. A beautiful sentiment. Exactly. I've refrained from ever asking this question, but you brought up your old bandmates and I got to wonder, is, is there a future is still in that? Do you guys talk about that? We do. We all, we, we're all tight still and we love each other very much. And, uh, you know, we never broke up. Right. You always oh, use the word yeah. hiatus in the early days. It's like, oh, you know, we're on a break or whatever. But, you know, since it's been, what, 2012, I think that's the last one. You start to wonder, no. it's like, well, what kind of break is that? 2014. 2014. My bad. Our last show is in the fall of uh, 2015 at a music festival we made called Outpost Fest. So it hasn't actually awesome. been that long. No, it, ha- it hasn't. It's just the pace of music. And, I mean, our lives are crazy. Yeah. One guy lives in uh, Montreal, Canada. I live in Oslo, Norway now. And two of us are in New York, and one of us is in Los Angeles. So it is a logistical nightmare to right. uh, imagine a new record. But I think we ultimately would love to see that happen. It just depends if we can uh, get it going. But uh, it's it's definitely there. We got like three decks of Uno cards, and somewhere in, somewhere in those three decks of Uno cards is a wild card two record. So there you go. <laughs> You know, I always thought it's a brilliant move on any band, whether they mean to do it or not, to just disappear for a little while, because that's usually when the offers start coming back in, you know, yeah. as, as the peaks and valleys of a career. You have to go away for people to want you. And that's in any band, you know, you do the 10 year rule. And after 10 years, you go away for a minute and then everybody's like, well, I'll pay you like double if you'll come back. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, we've we've been on. 14 years of hard, hard touring, 290 shows one year we played. Like, wow. It's, uh, I, like 2018 was the fewest shows I've done in a year, which was 100 or 101 shows. And uh, even with my solo stuff, I'm out 150 days a year. And, I, and we all love touring. Like uh, Kelly and Brandon are, are playing with Sam Outlaw. Will's been playing with a guy, Mickey Echo, who uh-huh. wrote the song Stay, you know. And John's been out with Muna. And uh, everybody's staying active in music and a bunch of other ways. And Kelly's been producing. I've been producing and mixing, too, and doing stuff like that for uh, Wild Child. I did some songs for them. Oh, cool. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, keep, we keep it busy and, and keep, it, keep it going and, uh, you know, and keep in touch. And we hope that uh, we can make something happen. Yeah. Well, I, I always loved what you guys did. But, uh, you know, I don't want to sell the solo stuff short. As I said, I'm a fan. Hey, so. baby. See, it's easy. <laughs> it's all good. Like, uh doing what I do uh, within my thing. And it, you know, I'm ultimately getting my creativity done no matter what. And that's just how the animal that I am that has to be. But like, I love bands and I love being in a band. And if, you know, if being in Delta Spirit, uh, if there is a means to make a living for everybody continuing to do Delta Spirit, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I love these guys so much. And uh, I think ultimately we needed to, to stop for a second to figure out if we can have fun and enjoy it again and make it about the creativity and not about the sandbox of the music industry, which is so gross, man. It's like we've been fighting. I mean, through our 10 years, we fought shtick after shtick of, you know, things that were hot, and we just 
kept making the music that we wanted to make. And it's like Mumford and Son came out and we were like, nope, we're going to be a rock band now, <laughs> throwing away our acoustic guitars. Because it was just like, oh, that's a fad. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, our band ultimately is better than that. Like, I believe in the songwriting of the guys and their creativity and we can make whatever the heck we want. And that's our thing. And I think if we make a new record, we're going to stick to our strong suits and uh, make something fun. I hope uh, I hope we do it. Well, I'll look forward to hearing it if it happens. But in the meantime, dude, I'm enjoying lighting up some great moments on here. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure talking to you, too. Same. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll see you around. All right. Adios. Hey, my thanks to Matthew Logan Vasquez. And that record is called Lighten Up. It's out now. I've talked to Matthew uh, several times over the years. I thought I would include some of those other interviews along with this. Uh, This one goes back to 2017. It was the last time we talked when he was promoting his record, Does What He Wants, we got to talk about the uh, the single scene, but also retrace his family's uh, recent hardships, which you kind of hear a little bit about where that started and ended up on his newest record, as we just discussed. So I'll let this one roll to part two of Kyle Meredith with Matthew Logan Vasquez. Hey, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Good. Just... Well, it's uh, it's really great to catch up with you again, man. Uh, this single sort of blew yeah. me away. I mean, you know, you know, I've always been a fan, but. Dude, this thing is something different for you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't set out to make it, and then a, there's, a, there's a few tracks that kind of happened, and it just totally changed the uh, idea and trajectory of uh, the music I was headed in, you know? Part of it was that I was uh, originally making music for towards another Delta Spirit record, and just the stars weren't aligning for that, and I was headed in this other direction, maybe a little bit more earthy, and then... Uh, it just uh, this this thing happened. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, what it's been like for you, right? Yeah. I mean, you sort of. Um, I mean, the last few releases have been. It sounds like you not exactly planning to do it like that, and that's how it's worked out. No, for you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the the case. You know, it's. Uh, I'm just listening to the ghosts in my brain, and they're leading me along. It's not often. I feel like this song is probably one of the catchiest songs I've ever written. Maybe. You know, and I think definitely that's true. kind of off off of the the tilt of where I've normally placed myself, but uh, I love the recording and you know the string arrangement came from the Parkington sisters from Cape Cod, and they came and I had almost finished this record and I had this song done, and uh, those girls came and uh, performed in my solo set at uh, at Newport Folk Festival. They blew away my wife so much that she wouldn't let me go to sleep without promising that they would be on my record. And then they are on every track. So (laughs) this record definitely has a lot more femininity to it than than previous things that I've gotten to do. That's a good moment to be doing that. As a matter of fact, the the premise of my music video is actually that that I get pregnant. Kind of like Junior. It's basically I recreated Junior. You did? Arnold Schwarzenegger's Junior. Yeah, I did. Why not? And, Somebody uh, needed to. Yeah, I just uh, the reason why I did that was you know because of the song like like uh, you know you, we're trying to uh, you know push through our struggles and the and the things and I think that uh, motherhood is certainly a lot harder than fatherhood and I think the socioeconomic things that go along with that kind of made me want to you know tip my hat yeah. to uh, to mothers out there. I hope they take it that way, not like I'm making fun of them, because it's not funny. It's crazy. The things that my wife went through and had to go, you know, and most women in America have to go right back to work after three weeks or four weeks, you know, and it's sometimes no time. 
And uh, I just kind of wanted to do something a little lighthearted, but uh, definitely something heavy I mean, in that mean- way. So, what what an interesting concept too, because you know a lot of folks they'll, they'll have kids and and like yourself you know you you find that in your writing and everything but to to flip the script and take it from your spouse's point of view, I mean that's off the top of my head I can't name another time that's exactly happened like that. She, Martha is certainly my muse, and uh, she is the reason why I can continue doing what I'm doing because she's such a great mom and such a supportive wife. She's been running my uh, mail order store since uh, Solicitor Returns came out. And yeah. Dyna, she finally retired after uh, I just signed with Dynalone in Canada. So now Dynalone's handling all my online stuff. But, um, you know, it's been a team, and it still is a team. So, mm-hmm. so I'm very thankful. Yeah, on the, on the song, same. Um, who's singing with you on that song? That is Cam Franklin. I can't. I need to get right. it, her up on the feature, but uh, it's Cam Franklin from The Suffers, uh-huh. and we met in Houston this past summer at this like Lone Star event, and uh, she's just the best. I mean, she is she is nothing but power, positivity, hardworking, and um, she's actually in the music video as my uh, my life partner, my love interest. Yeah, she is. She's the sweetest human. She's so great. Yeah, I have nothing but lovely things to say about her. Oh, yep. She, when she came out to the to the studio, and by studio I mean the trailer I have out in the hill country with a bunch of recording equipment in it. <laughs> she came out, <laughs> and in like half an hour, like just whipped through it, like one take to everything, and you know she knew what I wanted, and it's kind of fun, you know. Yeah, it's got a good like live. It feels like. Um, like a really heavy ELO song that John Spencer Blues Explosion is doing. Like if they all made a baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love how the record track came out. It's just so fun. It still has that like kind of ELO thing. And it's mm-hmm. also just, you know, just fun. Yeah, it's got such a great groove so to cool. it. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's sort of different from anything you've done. I mean, how do you, how do you stumble upon that groove when you're realizing that this isn't like the other kids that you've produced? I don't know. I just uh, I just went into the studio. That was uh, I had built a recording situation for myself in Austin before I uh, ran out of money. <laughs> when in 2015, at the end of 2015, I went broke. And, um, uh, it was like, I wrote the song kind of as I knew I was going to end up having to move back in with my mom and knowing that a baby is coming about to be born. You know, you do things when you're angry and, and you're, it's like a Hail Mary kind of song. It's a uh, artist suffering, you know, I mean, not to, uh, not, not to belittle <laughs> yeah. what you've got going on in your life and everything, but it's, it's the suffering now, that's always I mean, produced the best stuff. Yeah. I kind of, uh, definitely, uh. It definitely made me reach uh, into a place where it's kind of like like when Conan knew that he was probably going to get canceled when he was on NBC, and then all of a sudden he became really, really, really funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of go, well, this is what this is. And this kind of is that record. It's just a whole lot of freedom. It's just a lot of ways to look at life. And it, I think after I wrote that song often and made Solicitor Returns, and they were very much like, kind of retaliatory in a way you know just all the things that i couldn't do or couldn't say and blah 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 you know and and 
I think that some really great songs came out of the, those two pieces of work, but I think that this record is it's fresh and it's like it's nice because it's like just where I stand now and it's I feel more optimistic about it in the like in the songwriting. So yeah, which, it's just songwriting, songwriting. Which sort of brings it back around to that title of uh, "Does What He Wants" <laughs> for the album. That's the idea. Cool, man. Uh, well, I, I'm so yeah. in love with this track right here. I really am, and I can't wait to hear the rest of it. When's the uh, whole thing going to come out? It's coming out on 421. Missed it by that much. I know. Well, you know, 420 <laughs> wasn't on a Friday. Uh, Low-hanging um, fruit. That's the only way I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, take care, and uh, and thanks for cool. you know the phone call, and uh, we'll talk to you when you get back in, uh, back in the States and hopefully back around Louisville. All right. Can't wait. See ya. All right, man. Bye. Matt Vasquez talking about the uh, Does What He Wants record. It was just a year before that that we discussed Solicitor Returns, which was his first solo LP. It was an album full of uh, rock and roll anthems and uh, lyrics that also focused on his own biography, as he, as he likes to write about, so from his uh, beginnings all the way to becoming a husband and a brand new father at that point. Part three of Kyle Meredith with Matthew Logan Vasquez. Good morning. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Yeah. So you got the new uh, solo record coming out, Matthew Logan Vasquez. That's it's, right. It's a full name this time around. It's ser- you're serious because you're bringing out all three names. Yeah. Yeah. What's with the uh, What's with the formalities? Well, the formality is that um, that I own the Instagram name. <laughs> I just love. It's funny. It's like there's less confusion with Instagram and and more confusion with everything else. Right. But um. Uh, it's just nice to have it. I own the I own the web domain, and there's a lot of Matt Vasquez's out there. Uh, that's surprising to a lot of like just flat white people, but it's like Vasquez is like Smith. So, and there's a lot of Matts. Like there were a lot of Brandons born in the '80s. So right, right, there's right. a lot of Matt Vasquez my age. So, I, I once asked my mom why she named me Kyle, and she said because it was popular. Nice. That's cool. Like, like yeah, oh thanks. That's the exact opposite of what most people do. You know, <laughs> in the file, so uh, so I feel your pain on that one. Yeah, I, I, I know how that goes. I named my son Thor. You did? I know. <laughs> and for a while, I couldn't I'm tell. Is like, is that his nickname or or is that his real name? It's his real name. Yeah, it's a family name on Martha, my wife's side. Is that and true? Then, yeah, and so is Ulysses from uh, this crazy great 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 grandfather of mine who is an atheist. And, Wanted to name all his sons after Homer. So <laughs> that's you got lucky on that because usually a guy would come up with this like amazingly macho bizarre name and you know the wife would never ever go for it, but you had it on your side at that time. Well Thor is just to... like saying Dave in uh right. Norway. Is it? So it's it's really common yeah, over there. Super common. Everybody's just like hi, hi Thor. <laughs> that's kind of Yeah, amazing. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring all uh, up the whole fatherhood thing to later in the interview, but since you brought up it and, and you love to feature, like you're already pimping I'm your so kid out on them. Instagram. I, I, you know, yeah. we'll get all privatized later, but you babies are cool and I'm really excited to be dad, so it's yeah. whatever. And and I think the last time we talked, I don't remember if you were just about to have the baby or if you'd already, or if you'd just had the baby or whatever, but have you already seen like the impact it's had on how you're supposed to? <laughs> continue in this career yeah i mean it changes your priorities it's very much like well whatever happens that baby's got to get some diapers 
and uh, and also I need to figure out how to see, uh, of course, my wife Martha, but uh, to see Thor as much as possible too. So that's kind of what I'm doing. This right now, I'm uh, actually in Houston, Texas, at my drummer Judd's house uh, because I'm on a Texas residency every week, playing Houston and then the Dallas area, and then San Antonio or Austin. And then uh, back in November, I did this in California, too, and it was really fun. So, uh, But it's great. Martha was just saying yesterday, it's like, oh, you know, this schedule is great. I'm only gone two nights a week, but I play four or five shows a week. So that's great. Right. See, so you, you're kind of figuring yeah. it out here. Like, you've kind of... I have this big master plan to, to be Texas famous. <laughs> that's my whole... <laughs> I want to be Texas famous because I, I grew up, actually, in Austin, and... Um, yeah. I remember people like Ian Moore, who's a very Texas famous person. Who's just he's got this cool career where he he can drive around the state of Texas in Oklahoma and Little Rock and anywhere he wants to go. He's not like chained to that. But to be popular in this region is uh, it's its own, own nation of people. There's so many people here that yeah. you can work all these all these markets. You know, it's pretty crazy, and you can do it. Yeah, and, and I hear about some other people, like another one of the hometown guys, uh, Bob Schneider. That's one of his things. Like, he'll only go out so many days. Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah. he can be home with his kids. You know, that's that's like the whole thing. Yeah, right unless there. you're Bob Seger, where you can afford to, like, take your private jet and to, just fly, fly in. Which, Bob, I mean, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I know you're not too deep in it yet, but do you find with uh, with a new family everything that it's easier to do this solo than than with Delta Spirit, like with um, without being in a band? Financially, it's definitely uh, a bit more helpful to kind of like control everything, um, timing wise and all that. Yeah. But I think, I think um, really the reason why I did it was because I had too many songs and a lot of the songs didn't uh, fit within the realm of Delta Spirit. So I want to make sure that um, I like had something to turn people onto, And I tried to do, do this before, but I made a really crazy record. And that's why I'm calling this record Solicitor Returns because that idea was Solicitor. <laughs> Eventually I'll properly, maybe, nah, I don't <laughs> think I'm ever going to really release it. I made these cassette tape flash drives that I have been selling at my residency and on, on my uh, website. But I took them off the website for a little while. But they're super crazy. It, it was a straight, really insane record. What's what's so crazy about the music? It was just like every idea that just like yeah. farted into my brain. I gave it the most due diligence possible. So I have songs like, for example, I have a song called Dog Shit 808 on it. <laughs> and it sounds like uh, it sounds like this crazy ATL song. I'm listening intently. You froze. You did. Okay. And it's crazy. <laughs> Crazy lines like Stacy's on the rag, calling me a fag. So this is just anything that you can yes get out. Eight. Like I think every artist she should actually do this, dad. you know. Just and it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's almost like uh, it's almost like cleaning the palette of your creativity, you know, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was like this huge mm. catharsis, and I had made it right after the self-titled Delta Spirit record, where uh, everything and from for me creatively was just peaking because. Um, Right. Delta Spirit to just realize it's like, no, not going to be a folk thing. So just do whatever you want. So I made a record like that, and it was just crazy. See, uh, I think you should release this because that <laughs> that's the stuff that really 
gets legendary. That's the stuff that becomes famous. That you know, it's legendary within my friend group. <laughs> and, and and if and since you only want to be a you know a Texas famous artist, I guess you've already made it. Then it's you've you've done everything, right? No, now. I got a lot more work to do in Texas. It's a big state. It's it is a very big state. Very big that state. Sometimes wants to become its own country. That's right. And once, yeah. once, yes. But um, yeah, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So Could, when I made when I set out to make this record, I wanted to make the things that I love about rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't necessarily fitting within the guidelines of Delta Spirit. So I've set up and made this record, and I'm really proud of it. Um, Solicitor Returns. So this is me playing songs that I made super simple so that I can play with anybody, uh, either super loud and crazy or just quiet with an acoustic guitar. So and 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 who who are these anybody's? Because are you playing out on the road with a band, uh, uh, like yeah, a regular yeah, band? I'm not. Like there's only a handful of shows that I'm going to play uh, completely solo because uh, mm-hmm. that's not what this project's really about. It's more about the whole rock and roll thing, right? Um, but um, that was that was David Bowie. He's actually alive in my Yes, Lazarus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Oh, thank goodness, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're all waiting for that news. We're all waiting for the. You know what? He he really. It was it was just a big Elvis. elaborate art piece, Elvis. you know. And, and like we forgive you, we forgive you. You know, no one's gonna be mad. If he did that. Like just wait till it's like it's number one. And he's like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good now. Sound That's all it took. He's like, <laughs> but he is. He's on track. He's on track. Yeah. To Adele. Take finally take yeah. Adele off. That's of it, cool. So. That's that's a, that's amazing. Uh, was it these songs? You know, you, so you're talking about these songs. Were they leftovers from the last record? Because I do remember you saying you had wrote so yeah, many for that last yeah. record that just so didn't make it. So that's a lot of what happened. Basically, it was like, okay, so uh, you know, I probably put on um, eight or seven or eight songs. Were was my out of forty five that I wrote. So I had all these songs, mm-hmm. but then I also kind of wrote a few as I was going. Uh, specifically, once I got the ball rolling with a couple tracks, I think Everything I Do Is Out and Maria mm-hmm. um, on the full-length LP were just um, those things were like, okay, that's what I'm going to kind of chase after and go towards. And then there was, like I, I did this thing with, tw- I done, did two things on the record where I double or doubled down my vocals until I had 25 of myself singing. Yeah. Wow. And then... Um, <laughs> That's that's not narcissistic <laughs> I mean, it's at all. It's the most narcissistic thing to do, and it's great. <laughs> um, and I and I wanted to make some stuff that kind of had that um, uh, like Pink Floyd. Um, oh my god, uh, metal vibe, where it's just kind of like earthy, mm-hmm. but um, psyche, but not too psyche. Yeah. Well. The- the ones I've heard so far, of course, we've got the EP, uh, which starts off with Austin and all mm-hmm. what, 18 minutes. 17 so how, does that, how does that one start? Do you say, I'm going to write a seriously long song, or does is this jam just work so beautifully that you just... The Austin you know, song comes from, I wanted, I realized, like, looking back through my lyrics over uh, the past four Delta Spirit records was that I, the things that uh, had the most impact for me when I was writing them were all based off of a lot of epiphanies that happened when I was young and more of a misfit kid. And I wanted to kind of write a song to kind of sum it up and close that chapter and move on and be something else, you know, and grow into a different skin 
So I, uh, I like how you didn't say adult right there. Like you didn't just say kid to adult. Like that's not the word you use. <laughs> no. So um, <laughs> no, not an adult, but uh, maybe a dad. But uh, yeah. I wanted to write this song, so it ended up having a lot of things because I just basically told my story of uh, growing up in. Austin, and that's where I was. I was born in California, but that's as a kid was kind of awakened with rock and roll music and Nirvana and everything. And then um, my parents splitting and dropping acid and going back and forth between Texas and my experience with Christianity and my experience of post Christianity or spiritual, like being agnostic and uh, and also being a drunken idiot and then meeting my wife who is showing me loving kindness and forgiveness and all the spiritual things I craved in a, uh, in a God I saw wow. founded my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> an amazing story. <laughs> on one 12 inch side of vinyl. On one 12 inch <laughs> side. And, and there it is. Yeah. Like uh, that, that's amazing that you can tell an entire story in one song and then you're like, well, what am I going to write about now? I tried to shorten it too to make it work for radio because I think like I like the chord structure and it has mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. CSNY, um, you know, cat power thing. But um, I yeah. just, I, I felt like any verse I took out, I was like, oh, I can't do without it. So. Now, you know what, um, and we'll go back to David Bowie on this. You know, the first thing he releases from this is the nearly 10-minute song of Black Star to the radio, and he says, play it, pussies. you got to play it. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one. Uh, the next <laughs> holiday, the next holiday when I've got some open programming, I will play every minute of Austin. Yes, do it. Because it I deserves it. It deserves it. <laughs> I will do that. I promise you that. Yeah. Uh, the other song, uh, Chris, then we hear Everything I Do Is Out, and this is a freaking great rock song. Yeah. What, is, what does that line mean? What it, you know, I, I'm not exactly a lyrics guy, but, uh, think, but it's such a cool line. For me, it's just the, um, the sentiment is uh, stop giving a shit what people think is cool or not. You know, yeah. don't care. It's not about that. And. I, I can I can live my life and have tons of fun not being the cool one. So come on over to the not cool side and play rock and roll still. <laughs> so I don't think anybody's gonna 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 throw you in the not cool side. I mean, uh, rock and I roll don't. goes in its ups and downs, and and that's one thing. Like to be a rock and roll, just a rock and roll band, you know, without any kind of uh, I don't know Shtick. weird stick you know or tag put on the side of it like that is a challenge Mm -hmm. in 2016 that's been the great challenge of my life and being in dealt spirit uh all of us together have have that challenge where it's just like how do you be friends and play music that people just like and you know a couple people get really fortunate um because their music's just so stand out like wilco or my morning jacket i think those two bands are undeniable live bands with undeniable great songwriters that don't need to have like a, you know, thing. And that is my goal in my life is I would like to uh, just just simply play music and have somebody dub me rock and roll <laughs> would be great. Just fall under that. In that you just have to keep I mean, like it's it's happening. Like I remember the first time I met you guys was at a, a Lollapalooza a few years back, and that was the big press story right then. Like, 
Delta Spirit are trying rock and roll on. You know, like that was the thing. Like you had always been rock and roll, of course. And and I know how the press works, and you always need some kind of uh, story to go. But but that's it. I mean, uh, you know, that's 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 what Delta Spirit is. That's what uh, that's what this solo record is. Yep. and and then and and I'll, and I'll keep going on that too because um, the new single is is personal, mm-hmm. which is basically sounds like it's just saying, uh, and now I get to do a solo record. Yeah, it, like, is, is this a that song is, about doing a solo record? But this is <laughs> this is this is the song. So this song I wrote when I was nineteen years old, when I was leaving a different band, and uh, uh, I just sat there uh, for a long time, and I was like, man, this song is so good, and I kept trying to put it in Delta Spirit, and they're like, it just never fit a Delta Spirit record, and then it was like, oh, well, now I'm definitely doing it. So, so this song's been around that long? Yeah, I was. it was about a band I was in that I'm not even going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a band I used to play shows. It was like the band that we first, there's like many glass ceilings in this business, but one of them is the pay-to-play, and yeah, that yeah, was like, yeah. Thanks, thanks, John, over at Chain Reaction, who's now at Pomona Glasshouse. Um, he was like the first guy. He's like, "All right, you don't have to sell tickets, but you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure people show up." And I like begged people. It's like, oh, and I got a hundred people of my little ratty underage friends to go to the show, and um, and that was like the band. So that band ended up doing stuff uh, enough to where we got signed to Interscope. But I, I was the only one that got the deal. And it was during that crazy early odds time. And the yeah. band was already kind of going Shh, by then. So, and I realized. That's, that's always an odd thing to hear when I, when I hear those stories. Because that story, you know, it's, it's been told a lot. But like, but like, here's a band, but we're only signing one of you. Yeah. <sighs> like, like, oh. Like oh. Yeah. But it was, yeah. and I tried to, I tried to stick it out, but it, it was also it was, it was a really hard decision, but I also was kind of like, you know, this is a huge opportunity. And I mean, I ended up spending a 90 grand of a major record company's budget and hung out in studios and learned how to write songs and made yeah. like musical. I met musical parents that I didn't know I had, yeah. you know, I learned about Tom Waits and the weird part of Tom Waits, not just like mm-hmm. closing time, Tom Waits. Then I learned about Dylan's Another Side of Bob Dylan, you know, and like all of the other acoustic folk stuff that he did in those lyrics. Oh, my God. So you, know? you got a scholarship. That's what you got. Basically, that was like, here's a scholarship to yeah. learn how to not be an idiot. I'm glad it's worked out. <laughs> here's Lou Reed. <laughs> don't be like... I'm glad it's worked out. But you, you did. Uh, I, I don't know how much of your 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 family background helped you, but it seemed like you did have a start on that. Because what did I see the other day with you about your grandma making uh, Fender amps? That's right. Like, She's you were uh, born into rock and roll in in some respect. My grandma worked at Fender before they had bathrooms. They had to go across the like catty corner to like a gas station. <laughs> so so six employees. It was yeah, it was deep crazy. in your blood right from the beginning. She she gave me a Stratocaster when I was um, in third grade, and my brother a guitar when I was five. So I would always like steal it, and he would just be like, ah! and we, it used to be a toy until a kid came over uh, in the neighborhood and knew how to play "Come <laughs> As You Are." And then it, I remember like walking into the garage, and I saw them just doing that, and I was like, I gotta do that. And I, like, like it was just lightning bolts in my brain. Like, I have to do this. That's amazing. Yeah, that's what I t- my mm-hmm. my son. He's uh, he's eight, 
and he just came home the day before yesterday, and he said, he said, Daddy, I'm going to start a band for the talent show, and it's going to be called The Rockers. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get into the legalities yet. This like that's probably taken, but uh, it's 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 great. You know, I'm I'm, I'm really happy about this. Yeah. So he he asked me for my guitar, and I hand him an acoustic. He goes, "No, the real one." <laughs> oh yeah, that's the best. Yeah, the real one. I used to have this little solid state Fender amp, and then when I got a real amp, which was a crate, yeah. which had the button that you can get the overdrive, nice. I was like, now I have a real amp. I have a crate, <laughs> and it has the it has the overdrive, so I can play the Randy Rhodes. I hope to hear that on tour at some points uh, this year. Crazy train, yeah. just hearing you. Oh yeah, uh, we've been talking about rules of threes, and and I just brought up Ozzy, and then it like freaked me out. No. Would like let me Ozzy's gonna gotta live to be a hundred, and then it'll just that will be the legend. Yeah. I'm 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 counting this rule of three closed. I don't think anyone's thought about it, but uh, with Natalie, well, I was going to say with Natalie Cole dying, I, I think that's oh, yeah. that's the excuse we're going to use right there. It's like it's closed. That's it's done. No one else dies. So, yeah. So I know it's a different kind of genre there. Anyway, let's close this one down. Matthew Logan Vasquez, solicitor, returns and returns and solicits all over the country. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see out on the road, and then uh, I guess uh, eventually another Delta Spirit thing down the road as well. Yes, we're working in the midst of all this stuff, trying to figure out how to make another record. But I have uh, like, there's all these slots open for that. Yeah, so well, we're gonna do it. I can't wait, and I can't wait to hear the rest of this one. I mean, I've only heard a, a handful of songs so far that's been released. So uh, I it's in love the it, mail. Man. I have a back mailing you a record like today. Awesome. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear it, and uh, and I'll be playing Austin at some point on the radio soon, too. So. Sweet. All right, man. It was great talking to you. Same. Thanks. I'll see you around. Take care. Bye. Bye. There you have it, Matthew Logan Vasquez. Uh, that interview right there talking about his first solo record, Solicitor Returns. And again, uh, the brand new record, it's out now, and it's called Lighten Up. If you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button. It would make me so very happy. You can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net, they've got your music and film news needs. You can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. Does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.